Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. On teaching about doing the right thing, what is the right thing? I think you know what the right thing is. I think we all do. I think our whole world knows it's just sometimes people don't do the right thing. They don't walk the right way. They don't live the right way. But there's a lot of people that are living the right way and doing the right thing. So thank the Lord for that. Um, And we're talking about Daniel's life uh, in the book of Daniel. Um, He was a man that had great integrity And he was a man uh, that had a relationship with God for him to be able to take a stand when pressure was against him. He had a lot of pressure, a lot of struggle, even up to his own life being threatened. But yet, he did the right thing. Doesn't it feel good to do the right thing? That was a weak and lame amen. Doesn't it feel good to do the right thing? Amen. Feels good to be, come to the house of the Lord. Praise God. And uh, we we are in a messed up, messed up world. It's not something that just all of a sudden fell on us as a country, as a world. It's something that has been building, building up, building up, building up, and now it's exploding. And the Bible does say that it will wax worse and worse. Now that's not anything to to the church to be. Um, discouraged about I know these things happen now it is discouraging to see people treat other people in the wrong way Um, you know life is so important life is so important and when we consider that I I know um, some things that have been said here in newscasts and and I don't want to bring a lot of this up but we're going to go over some things that we talked about last week just for a moment just to recap but also we're going to teach and continue on in Daniel's life but I heard some things here that were very troubling um, that um, it it is a very low case that our world is getting to when people cheer when someone's dying and I know you probably have heard that on the reports that that's that is that that is very low very low when you don't have value for life any more than that and then also um, when you hear about um, people going in hospitals and trying to keep the nurses and the doctors from from treating people that have been shot uh, and and they're trying to keep them from doing that by filling up the hospital hallways that is wrong it's wrong it is taking the value of life everybody's life is valuable everybody's life is valuable if God breathed into the lungs uh, the breath of life and man man and woman became a living soul that is valuable and important to God and it needs to be valuable and important to us amen very important to us so it is so important for us to do the right thing and the right thing is in the word of God what the Bible says is the final authority 
above all other authority the Bible the word of God is God's will God's authority and that is what we need to live by and walk by uh, if we want to know what's right read the word of God uh, we're coming up on uh, thank the Lord we're going to finish 2020 and we're going to step into 2021 and I'm going to rejoice and if 2021 is worse than 20 I'm going to throw my hat down and stomp it <laughs> 22 I'm looking for hope in 22 that's right well I hope we don't have to go through 21 like we did 20 um, and I, I know we've talked about this a lot of a lot of uh, churches and a lot of businesses have had uh, the theme for the year 2020 is new vision and we have found new vision we've seen another another view of things and we've seen it 2020 uh, in in 2020 but yet uh, we don't want to see another year like this but you know the Bible does say that it's going to wax worse and worse but as sin doth abound grace doth much more abound the Bible says so when we talk about doing the right thing the Bible tells us what's right and what's wrong and in Daniel's life he was a man that uh, walked in integrity He's a man that walked in a relationship with God and did the right thing. And yes, his back was against the wall, but he came out because he did the right thing, because he was obedient to God's word. He um, had God backing him up. And if it wasn't for the Lord being with him, he would not have been spared from the lion's den and other situations that he was in. Um, sometimes we feel the pressure we feel the pressure as a as a human being as a child of God we feel pressure to cave but what is the right thing do the right thing and you will have God backing you up so uh, we find that that Daniel stayed focused in the book of Daniel chapter 6 verse 1 through 4 it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes which should be over the whole kingdom and over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first that the princes might give accounts unto them and the king should have no damage then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because of an excellent spirit was in him and the king now, now stop and think about that it was because an excellent spirit that was within him it wasn't because of his talents. It wasn't because of his abilities and certain things. It was just simply came down to be found favor with the king and with people in that kingdom because he had an excellent spirit. An excellent spirit. So um, goes on because of an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Um, then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful neither was there any error or fault found in him now when we read this it does not mean that Daniel was a perfect man he was human it doesn't mean he was perfect just meant he had an excellent spirit and he knew how to deal with things and he was, did his very best to be obedient to God's word and walk in that. And he did. Even when his, 
he had an opportunity to to cave to give in he didn't because he knew what was right and his relationship with God was of utmost importance of utmost importance that's where we need to be we need to have an excellent spirit within us we need to have a desire to walk with God and have a relationship so strong that I'm not going to cave in I'm not going to give in I'm not going to give up I'm not going to quit I'm going to keep walking because I'm walking with God and God is going to back you up matter of fact not just back you up he's going to be on side, right side left side and he's also going to lead you if you let him lead you the book of Psalms that we love to read so often, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. The only way he could be your shepherd to lead you and guide you is if you let him. Can I hear a resounding, oh me? <laughs> I mean, amen, I'm just kidding. Can I hear a resounding amen? We need God. We need his word. We need to live by his word. And uh, that's what Daniel did. But he distinguished himself. Um, but because the king had an excellent spirit because the king saw favor in him and he even was desiring to put him over the whole realm because he trusted him the king did uh, and because of that the other two presidents or leaders that were equal with, with uh, Daniel became jealous and that jealousy is as cruel as the grave. We know that. The Bible says that. So that's what we talked about last week. But the values of people today are different than the day when I was, uh, when I was growing up. Of course, things were changing majorly when I was a kid. I grew up in the 60s, and it was a wild ride, even in the 60s as a child. It was a wild time. And um, guess what? Those that were grew up in the 60s are running our country now. And we're getting a lot of unusual things now. But it was a wild time. But gradually the values of people and life are less meaning to people. Now here's the, here's the thing though. If the values of life are less meaning to some people concerning other people's lives until it affects your life then it becomes more valuable it becomes more valuable but that's not the way God wanted it to be just because it affects you doesn't mean that if it affects somebody else and not you that you shouldn't be concerned and, and put value in their lives we need to put value in every life, every life that has breath to breathe, every life that has been passed on before us, every life that will be passed on behind us. We need to put value in those lives. So value has been degraded in a lot of ways, more and more so even today. In 1991, I'm going to read some statistics here. In 1991, uh, it was in a book called The Day America Told the Truth. 1991 the question was asked and as I as I say the question that was asked you might think about yourself and what you would answer these questions as um, 1991 uh, it was said what are you willing to do for 10 million dollars what 
are you willing to do for $10 million? And two-thirds of Americans were polled, uh, and they would agree to at least one of these statements, some to several of the following, but at least one. So when they asked the question, what would you be willing to do for $10 million? These are the answers. Shows the values of people in 1991. Some 25% said that they would abandon their entire family for $10 million. 25% said they would abandon their church for $10 million. 23% uh, said that they would become prostitutes for a week or more for $10 million. 16% said that they would give up their American citizenship for $10 million. 16% said that they would leave their spouse for $10 million. 10% said that they would withhold testimony and let a murderer go free for $10 million. 7% said that they would kill a stranger for $10 million. And then 3% said that they would put their children up for adoption for $10 million. That shows the value of 1991. I wonder what the values are of 2020. I think we're seeing a lot of this uh, in everyday life and things we read about people's lives, this the low value of life. So when we think about this, um, we need to stop and consider what is right, what is wrong. And we need to live our lives in that manner. Um, Daniel was a man of integrity. He was a man of integrity. Um, in a lot of ways, I look at integrity uh, in the sense that if nobody else was around, are we still going to do the right thing? If nobody else knows it, nobody else sees are we still going to do the right thing? That's where Daniel was at. Um, he was going to do the right thing no matter what. And that was, his, that was just the makeup of his character. That's the place where he allowed him to get to in his life because he desired God and God's ways. And when you desire God's ways and you obey his ways, God is going to lead you in a way that doesn't destroy other people, doesn't you put value in other people you're instilling something into their life talking about integrity here tonight um, throughout the administration of Abraham Lincoln um, his, throughout his administration Abraham Lincoln was a president that was under fire if you read the history books of Abraham Lincoln he was definitely under fire uh, so many times especially during the the uh, years of the Civil War, he was very much under fire, attacked from both sides, the South, the North, everything. And he was trying to keep the country afloat and trying to keep things together. It was a division, it was a Civil War. And though he knew he would make errors of office, because he knew he wasn't perfect, he resolved never to compromise his integrity. He said that to himself. 
So strong was this resolve that Abraham Lincoln had once said these words. Abraham Lincoln desired to have integrity in his life, and he said this, I desire so to conduct the affairs of this administration that if at the end, when I come to lay down the reins of power, I have lost every other friend on earth, I shall at least have one friend left, and that friend shall be down inside of me. Integrity. Integrity to do the right thing. See, we still have to live with ourselves. Even if the whole world, friends, family, or whatever, turn against your life, you still have to live with yourself. Sometimes I wonder how people are able to live with themselves because of some of the things they do, some of the things they conduct themselves into, some of the people that they have cheated through life, done wrong, didn't do the right thing. How can they live with themselves? Uh, some people are so calloused that they are able to live for, with themselves because they don't think about those things. Their conscience, as the Bible says, is seared. We don't ever need to get to that point. We need to be sensitive to what is right and what's wrong and do the right thing. But in this story of Daniel, uh, the two other two others were trying to come up with a scheme to try to uh, attack Daniel and get him to fall because they saw the king wanting to elevate him over the whole realm he was the favorite and they were jealous of that you know the thing about the thing about life I've mentioned some of this before but the thing about life is there's a lot of people that feel like the only way that you can get ahead is you got to tear somebody down. That is not the way, that is not the right thing to do. To get ahead, to tear somebody else down so you can get up ahead of them. That's not what it's all about. But when you have unity together, and as I mentioned last week, you know, sometimes I've seen it on a job, I've seen it in uh, a group of people together. I've seen it in a group of friends. I've seen it in a group of even church members at times uh, in various churches. I've seen where they got to the point where jealousy began to grip their heart to the point where they were tearing each other down trying to get ahead of the other person. And that just destroys everything. But when you have a, a, a business or employees or um, friends, a group of friends or whatever that are unified together and they're not tearing other people down to get ahead but they're pushing others up and pulling others below them up as we all go together what a wonderful thing it, it is the peace that is there the joy that is there when we're all going up together in unity do you know what, you know what I'm saying? What a beautiful thing that that is. If our world would, a, would be able to live that way, we would never see war again. We would never see murder again, pain, struggle. Uh, we've got that, that, that uh, 
guidance of God and his word and his spirit to lead us to be concerned about other people's lives, to push others up above us. Let's encourage them. Let's encourage them and strengthen. I've, I've got a pastor that when, and I mentioned this before, but I've got a pastor that when you're in his presence and you're talking to him, when you walk away from him, he makes you feel like that you are worth billions of dollars. You walk away, you feel uplifted. That is really what God is desiring for us to do is to lift each other, not tear each other down, lift each other. And I know that this body of Christ, we are unified and we love one another and we are there to encourage. Thank God for landmark. Thank God. Don't lose that. Be concerned about other people's needs. Thank God that we have a church that loves one another. Um, and that only, trust me, that only enhances the the ministering of the Spirit of God. We felt such a beautiful presence of God flowing through this place. It's because of the unity. It's because of the love, first of all, for God, unity with God, love for God, and then unity with each other, love for one another. You, you, you will be known as my disciples, the Lord said, for your love one toward another, not your hate toward another, not your jealousy toward another, uh, if it was jealousy that we were marked with, we wouldn't be, people wouldn't look at us as a thriving, loving church. They would be looking at us as just like everybody else. Jealousy, tearing people down, hurting people, this and that. But you will be known as a disciple of the Lord for your love one toward another. It's a beautiful thing. But here was a jealousy that was trying to tear Daniel down. Daniel was a man that loved God and he had principles and they knew that. But they wanted to tear him down because they felt like he was going to get ahead of them. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Daniel was such a faithful man that those who look for a flaw in his actions or in his character came up empty that's a beautiful thing for Daniel I know it made him feel good that they could not and I don't know if he knew all the conversation was going on behind the scenes probably didn't probably didn't excuse me but he was a man that was faithful they couldn't find any reasons to attack him they couldn't find a flaw in his actions or in his character they came up empty Sometimes in our climate, we're, we're, we're in this climate here right now of, you know, November. I don't, I don't know why they picked, uh, a lot of times it falls on my birthday, November 4th, the election day. This year it falls on November the 3rd. So possibly I can celebrate my birthday that I don't think I'll be able to celebrate my birthday to, uh, in the sense that uh, there's going to be a great victory because I think it's going to be drug out. But coming down to the point we're in that climate of election, I'll be glad when it's over. I will really be glad when it's over. But can you, can you imagine? Sometimes today a candidate or a nominee for a political office is a lot of times set under the scrutiny. I don't know if I'd ever want to run for a president of the United States they would be nitpicking everything about your life even what kind of food you eat what 
you listen to, what you read, what, you, what time you get up in the morning, what time you go to bed, everything, uh, you know, everything about you. They would be nitpicking at everything. You couldn't even sneeze. They'd be condemning that. You, could even, you couldn't even go to McDonald's and eat food. That's unhealthy. You're not, you're not going to be a healthy president. But here's the thing. What about the candidates today? They're so under such scrutiny. But imagine looking as hard as you can at a public servant or public official um, in office going back 50 years and finding nothing wrong. Wow, our jaw would drop. If we could find somebody going back 50 years and there is no, there's no fault in them, there's no problem in them, no fraudulent expense accounts, no intern scandals, no questionable business deals, no gifts from lobbyists, no accusations from his staff that he's a bad person or she's a bad person. Going back 50 years, can you imagine that? I can't imagine it. But in Daniel's life, they didn't find, I'm not saying they went back 50 years because I don't think he was 50 years old at that point. He was a lot younger. But the thing about it is they didn't find anything in his life that, could, that they could attack him with. Simply, there were no skeletons in Daniel's closet, so to speak. His enemies examined his life and found nothing to attack him with. So what did they do? What a lot of people do when they can't find anything to attack you with, they make something up. They lie. That's what they did to Jesus. They couldn't find any fault in him, so they lied about him. They, they took, even took words and they twisted them. They twisted them around to make them look like Jesus is a bad person. <laughs> There's no one as great as Jesus that loved, had mercy, compassion, like Jesus did. He was in this world tempted in all points, but yet without sin. Wow. He had nothing that you could point a finger at and accuse him of. Now, here's the thing. What about us? Can people point at us and find fault in us toward our God or in our lives? Possibly, I'm sure. But here's the thing. It's important for us to walk with integrity with God. Do the right thing. Let God flood your heart and soul with his spirit and do the right thing. Yeah, we're not perfect by any means, but it's important for us to do the right thing. If we fall, get back up. Let repentance, let repentance be in a very valuable, important part of your walk with God. When you fail, repent. When you mess up, repent. Ask him to forgive you. But it says here, nor was there any error or fault found in him. This wasn't to imply that Daniel was sinless. It wasn't to imply that he was perfect. He was just a man of integrity. He could also say that Daniel was especially blameless in the conduct of his professional life too. And because they couldn't find a fault in him, they came up with a scheme 
to try to destroy him. Uh, Daniel 6, 5 through 9 says, Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king. Remember, uh, presidents and princes, there was, what, 120 princes, but there was only three, king, or three presidents, and one of them was Daniel, so that meant two of them. They assembled together to the king and said, Thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom and the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask of a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the lions, into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. So these two presidents, they said all of them had joined together, so the king was thinking that Daniel had joined them too. They lied. They had to lie to get something on Daniel. They, were, they knew Daniel's love and commitment to God, so they used that, and they also knew the arrogance and the pride of the king and they used that to their advantage also. So they were using both sides and they were dividing and using this for their own benefit to try to destroy Daniel. If they can just get him out of the way, then they can have the positions that Daniel had. But they lied to the king because Daniel wasn't involved in this. But here's the thought here. We find in verse 3 through 5. And... Um, I feel like that this is what we as children of God need to have in our lives, doing right things. If there's any fault in the eyes of our enemies toward us, let it be in our God. Let it be in our God. If the only thing they can find that they can try to attack us with, let it be that our love for God is unchanging. Let it be that our mercy and grace is like the mercy and grace of God. Let it be that we're faithful to God. Let it be that we stand upon the word of God. Let it be that we stand and believe and trust in the power of the word in salvation. It's not going to change methods sometimes change but the word of God never changes never changes truth will always be truth it's not going to be changed man can try to change it but it's established but if there's any fault that anybody could find in us as children of God let it be in our God let it be in our God because if it's in our God God's going to back us up just like he did Daniel he's going to back us up He's going to lead us. He's going to back us up. He's going to be on our right. He's going to be on our left. He's going to be with us. He's going to be in us, through us. Amen. If anybody can find fault in us, let it be in our God. We shall not find any charge 
the Bible says, against this Daniel, unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Evidently, these men knew Daniel very well. Daniel didn't hide his relationship with God, evidently. They knew it. They understood it. They understood this commitment. Sometimes people will try to tear someone down that is trying to do the right things because they can't get there. And it's not that we're trying to say we're better than anybody else. We're not. As a child of God, we are sinners saved by grace. We are sinners saved by grace. But here's the thing. God's leading us. God's directing us. God's guiding us. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to pick people up out of the gutter because you know what? We were there once too. We were there. We were there in that pit of sin. We were there in that pit of trying to find our way, not wondering what, and there's got to be more to life than this. That's where we were. Amen? <laughs> That's where we were. And, and, and we want to help somebody find Jesus Christ. We want to lead someone to the cross where the blood of Jesus is sacrificed. His body pours down upon them and their sins are washed clean. We've been there. And we want to help someone else along the way. Amen. They knew Daniel's life well because he lived it. Not just in a secret way, but in a... And not that he was trying to flaunt it in any way. It's just that was a part of him. You know, the thing about it, when when something is a part of you, it's hard to keep it quiet. The prophet said it's like fire shut up in our bones. You can't keep it in. You know what? You just can't keep it in. It's, you know, a child, when they get a new toy, they just can't stop talking about it. That's a beautiful thing about when a child... That, you know, it's, the Bible says it's much better to give than to receive. That is so true. When you give a gift to somebody and they get so excited about it, so excited about it, and the joy that's on their face, they're so excited. And it is a fun and wonderful thing when that happens. But the thing about it, they just can't stop talking about it. Can't stop talking about it. Um, you know, we got some kids around here, around the church, you give them a doll, a girl's a doll, and they just, they hug it, they love it, they take care of it, they cradle it, they, they you know, rock it. Uh, you give, a, you give a young, one of these young boys around here a, a, a baseball and a baseball glove and a bat, and and they're having a great time. When I was a kid, you just give me a rock and a stick. Man, I was happy as could be. We'd turn it into a baseball game. <laughs> or we would turn it into a sword fight. Or whatever. My grandmother had raspberries and blackberries in the backyard. We were so excited about that because they tasted good for number one. Number two, we used to make Indian war paint with it that wouldn't come off for weeks. We loved it. It was great. But when, and adults too, we're, we're like that too. We, you know, something that we have in our life, you know, 
we get excited about it. It's hard to stop talking. But here's the thing. It's hard to stop talking about Jesus when you really get him inside of your heart and your soul and his spirit has filled your heart it's like fire shut up in my bones. You just can't stop talking about it. You've got to let people know. And it comes out in your life. It comes out in your speech. It comes out in your actions. It comes out in your decisions that you make. It just comes out of you because it's a part of you when God becomes a part of you. And that's the way it was with Daniel. They knew him well. They knew he could not be trapped into evil. But they also knew that he would be faithful to his God in all circumstances, no matter what came up against him. So this played into their part. little thing that they forgot was the God element in his life. That's what we need to keep in mind, is the God element in our lives, that we need to keep strong in our lives. Every Christian should consider of others say the same about them do they see God in us do they see the love of God in us do they see mercy in us do they see grace in us do they see faithfulness in us do they see a commitment unto God do they see relationship with God in us it's not that we're going around trying to flaunt it but when it's in you it just comes out of you. It's a part of you. The world may not know the details of doctrine or the intimacies of worship and lifting your hands and praising God and, and the move of the Spirit of God and the tongues and interpretation, things like that. The world might not understand all that, the doctrines and, and everything about God. But one thing they do know is they can tell a bad spirit. They can tell a bad temper, selfishness, conceitedness, or dishonesty when they see it. They know that. They might not understand everything about God, church, living for God, but they do know when they see someone that proclaims to be a Christian, they're not living the life. They understand that. They understand that. The world is very poor critic that has been quoted by McLaren he said the world is a very poor critic of my Christianity but it is a very sufficient one of my conduct people know if you're living for God if you really got it in you or if you don't I knew it before I started living for God I knew it amen but of course in Daniel's situation they knew his life. They knew that he was committed to God. They knew that they couldn't get him in any other way but to go against his love, relationship with God. So they lied. They said all governors have consulted together. Well, Daniel was one of the governors. He was one of the presidents. He wasn't there. And they said, therefore, King Darius, Darius signed, he signed the written decree and went a king signed the decree put his signet of his ring in that and sealed it uh, of the Medes and the Persians it was settled and the king couldn't even change it he couldn't even change it 
And out of his pride and out of his desire to be looked at as a great king, he went ahead and wrote the decree. Let me ask the question here today. Suppose uh, the law of the land were to proclaim that no man shall pray during the remainder of this month. Now, we've got, what, two more weeks of this month left. What about the remainder of this month? Or maybe the remainder of this month and the next month, October. And said, no man could pray during that time. If they did, they would be cast into the den of lions. Let me ask the question. How many of us would still pray? Okay. How many of us would still pray? If they made a decree like that. Now... I would say that probably in the prayer meetings the numbers would probably go down, but let me ask this question. How come the numbers are down now <laughs> in prayer meetings? They should be up. We should be praying. We should be seeking God. But here's the thing. We, we have to look at it in this sense that suppose someone in our country told us we couldn't pray anymore or told us we couldn't go to church anymore. We kind of have been down that road, but with the coronavirus but yet we still had church we still prayed we still sought God you see um, some things are a whole lot more important to us and that is our commitment to God we would still pray they said that and you've heard this I'm just going to repeat it again but you know, they said that you couldn't pray in schools, but I know without a doubt that every test that's been ever given, there's been a lot of prayers that have went up. God helped me to get a A on this test or pass, just pass this test. I know one thing, I prayed. I prayed God help me with this. Even before I knew what God was all about, help me, God, help me. But... Um, Daniel's reputation was without dispute. There was a reputation in Daniel's life of his devotion to God, commitment to God. Daniel never changed his commitment to God, even though they said that if you worship any other God, if you call on any other God, you're going to be thrown into a lion's den. Nothing changed in his commitment. He lived his life just like he always always had. He heard about the decree. Uh, who, who couldn't hear about it? Everyone in the land heard about the decree. He wasn't involved in the decision-making there, but everybody heard about the decree. Verse 10 uh, said that he prayed as he always had. Nothing changed because he had a relationship with God. He built his life around his relationship with God. It was a part of him. It was a part of the very total being of his life. He was consistent even with the circumstances that he was faced with. Can you imagine being thrown into a lion's den of lions that are starving and hungry? Can you imagine? It's either go against God or go to the lion's den and or go against it's either go against God and be spared from the lion's den or follow God and then go to the lion's den I mean the choices are was pretty rough there others perhaps considered it very risky for Daniel to pray which was his custom 
Daniel, can you just can you just hold off for a period of time until this decree's over, and then you can pray all you want. But here's the thing with Daniel. Daniel knew that the safest thing that he could do was obey God. Obey God. Others thought it was risky for him to pray during this decree. But he pushed the risky part out because he knew that the safest thing for him was not to think about the lion's den. The safest thing was for him to think about obeying God. And that's what he chose. It isn't hard to see why people become men pleasers. It seems that there's a lot of people that have control over people. Some people can hire you. Some people can fire you. Some people can break your heart. Some people can slander you. Some people can make your lives pretty miserable. And a lot of times people cower down to the fact that someone has power over you. But consider this. Who has all power? Who is the almighty? Who is the one that has all power in heaven and earth? The power to obey God and stand for him comes from a settled understanding that God is really in control. God is in control right now. Some might say, well, God's out of control. No, God's not out of control. Man's out of control. But God is in control. God could speak a word right now and everything would be settled if he chose to. He's in control. He's got everything in control. He knows what's going on. He could, he could change it all right now in the moment, just speaking a word, and it would change. But he's got a purpose and a plan behind all things. Man is what brings forth evil. There's a quote that was by a man named McLaren. He said, unless you are prepared to be in the minority and now and then to be called narrow, fanatic, and to be laughed at by men because you will not do what they do, but abstain and resist, then there is a little chance of you ever making much of your Christian profession unless you are prepared to be a minority to be called narrow, to be called a fanatic, and to be laughed at by men because you don't do what they do. Somebody's got to take a stand on what's right. Do what's right according to God's word. I'm going to bring this to a close. Um, but Daniel prayed and gave thanks unto the Lord. Prayed and gave thanks before his God and was his it was his custom since his early days. Daniel settled this long before this decree came to, to pass. What I want to say to us here tonight, we're going to continue on this next week, but what I want to say is when you come to the house of God, when you read the word of God, when you pray, when you build your relationship with God, what you're doing is you're settling some things opening yourself up to God and you're settling some things in your heart and your soul and in your life that when that situation comes either you make a choice for God or you're going to a lion's den you've already got it settled you don't even have to ask me the question I'm going to walk with God in Fox's book of martyrs there's lists of people that that uh, 
we're given a choice. Some of you have read it. It talks about those that gave their life at a burning stake because they had a commitment to God and they gave their life to God. Think about it. Um, I don't know what the future holds. I do know what the Bible says for the book of Revelation. I don't know the evils of man, how terrible it will get. But here's the thing. I do believe that when we give our life to serving God, what waits for us on the other side in eternity is far greater than what we could gain here in this life. And we have a beautiful life and we have great things. God has blessed us. God has given us a wonderful church to go to. Great people that love God. Gave, gave us wonderful families. Gave us blessings. Helped us. Beautiful things. Thank God for what he's done for us here upon this earth. But there is no way we could even compare this to what's ahead. Eye hath not seen ear hath not heard <laughs> I mean it goes on and on there's, there's nothing that we could, we could ever experience upon this earth even though we have a wonderful beautiful things here upon earth but what waits us in eternity is so far greater and I thank God for that promise that if we stand for him in the word of God we have a promise beyond this life beyond this life. I talked to you here the other day about uh, the testimony of my grandmother when she actually passed away and what she saw. She was walking toward a light. She was walking toward the Lord. <laughs> and the, she said it was a, the most peaceful place she had ever been. And she just didn't want, want to come back. She wanted to stay there. And then Sister Holland had that same experience and her experience of dying, separating from the body, but then coming back. God has so much prepared for us if we just do what's right and live the right way. Make a mistake, get it right. Repent, get it right. Repentance is not just saying, God, forgive me, and then I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. Repentance is God forgive me and I'm going to turn around, do my part and God's going to help me. I'm going to walk the right way. Amen? I'm going to walk the right way. Do the right thing. We'll talk more about this next week. God bless you. I'd like for us to stand. We all know what's right. And what's right is walking with God. Amen. We're going to find out of course, we know the end of the story with Daniel, but we're going to talk a little bit more about this and find out how it all worked out together. Amen. Yes.